When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. It is the week that the transfer window shuts, the season has started, and Bristol City have been sending emails to every club about what they're going to do in games. No tactics. It's a bit different than that. We'll come on to that later. Let's start, though, Gregor, uh, with a pressing issue. Eddie Inkitia, we need to learn how to say his name by the sounds of it because it looks like he could be heading to PS3 or Leeds United. Which one's more likely? Yeah, I remember we were talking about him last week and actually the news this week is better than last. I think last week we were saying there were some setbacks and we were hearing, the latest we were hearing was that it, it was unlikely and wasn't going to happen. Now it, it feels like actually from what we're hearing from our sources behind the scenes, that there's a good chance, actually, that he might be coming to Bristol City after all. We were told originally that, um, and we reported for quite some time, that Enketia is Bristol City's number one transfer target in this window uh, in terms of the striker they want to bring in. He he perfectly fits their, their policy of bringing in young players that they feel they can get Lee Johnson to polish up and then help develop, make them better and either sell them on or they return to their parent clubs in a, in, a, in a better state. And that's what they're hoping to do here with Arsenal. They've been working on this deal for many months. I know that uh, Jamie McAllister, for example, watched him out in the Toulon tournament in, in France earlier this summer. And yeah, they've been keeping an eye on him since then. There's been a lot of talks behind the scenes with his agency uh, that looks after him. He's with the Stellar Agency. We've been reporting on this this morning. And yeah, basically what we know is that both Arsenal and his representatives are very keen and particular about where he's going to go. They're not just going to send him to any club. And it has been announced as of this time that he's going to go out on loan. That was one big question. Is he going to go abroad or the Championship? I'm not entirely sure that's been fully decided yet, but we're hearing that there's a good chance of City. And that is because, yeah, they, they feel the system is right. Lee Johnson is right. If he comes, he'll probably play in a two up front with Famara Jeju. He'd play that, as well, wouldn't he? Get that, game yeah, time. that suits him. Yeah, the, and the, the key thing is the playing time. And they've seen what's happened with Tammy Abraham in the past, which mm-hmm. obviously is a, a large feather in the cap. So that's why Bristol City are in a, a really strong position here. And that's why Leeds United probably aren't, because... Yeah, Patrick Bamford, we'll come on to this, was excellent on Sunday and that probably actually counts against them. Mm. Yeah, exactly. They've, they've got an option there and would he even get in the team there? That's the, the question. Well, we'll keep an eye on this one. Maybe by the time you're listening, we we might have given you an answer by then uh, already. But we have had a new signing in form of the youngster, uh, Hanoa Masengo. What do we know about this guy apart from he's got great hair? Well, yeah. Amazing signing, straight out of left field, fair play. No, we, we didn't know anything about this and, yeah, just broke at the weekend. An amazing story, really, isn't it? What a talent. The youngest ever player, I think, to play in the Champions League or certainly from France to play in the Champions League. Three games for Monaco in the, the elite club competition that it is. And, yeah, he was highly rated. And what I haven't seen reported 
elsewhere, but Lee Johnson kind of hinted at the other day is that something had happened behind the scenes at Monaco. And my understanding is that the player wanted to leave that club because everybody's saying, well, if he's so good, why has he left Monaco? Mm. It, this is to do with playing time and he wants to play. And Lee Johnson hinted himself, he said, didn't he, in, in the press conference after the Leeds game, that this is one heck of a coup for the club. Mm. And he's, he, he wants to play every minute of every game. And that's something that's appealed to Lee and he can see that attitude, he can understand it. And Bristol City basically are going to give him more first-team chances than he's going to get elsewhere. And I would, I don't know about this, but I would expect that maybe they tried originally for a loan and then realised, actually, we could get him for on a permanent deal. And, yeah, what about the fee? What was the fee? Well, so I've seen a few numbers float around. Yeah, there's been eight million. There's been some reports um, of around eight million euros, seven million pounds. However, we were told last night that it's less than that that Bristol City are paying. Okay, and my understanding an awful lot of money. would be that that would maybe be for the full fee if all clauses are met, mm-hmm. and obviously for the Lloyd Kelly deal, for example, it's widely reported that it's thirteen million pounds. Whereas if every clause was met on that, it would be twenty-one million pounds, yeah. according to our information. So by the same token, this is probably more likely to be around three to four million pounds. He's young, isn't he? He is young. He's um, he's eighteen years old, and if they get Eddie and Ketia as well, that would be a twenty-year-old coming. So it's all about the young guns at Bristol City at the moment. Just one little story on Masengo because mm. I've kind of sussed this out today talking to some sources and uh, one of the, the things I'm hearing about how this deal has come about is that Bristol City have built a very good relationship with uh, Darren Dean of Ars- oh, oh, sorry, um, the son of David Dean who obviously was the former uh, vice chairman of Arsenal and co-owner of Arsenal mm-hmm. and they've been working on this relationship across the summer. Now uh, Darren Dean looks after Jada Silver at Bristol oh, City yeah. and has helped to facilitate that deal obviously and Bristol City have, have, have won uh, the race for De Silva. He's come back in this is good work from Mark Ashton building these relationships. He's been doing this for a while with um, various Premier League clubs. And, yeah, it's, an, it's another one where they've built um, a successful uh, relationship with, with a top side. And that's helped to facilitate this move as well because he represents Han, Han Noah Masenga, Masengo, um, who we bumped into at the weekend in the corridors at Ashton Gate ourselves and said a little hello to him uh, when we met him. Uh, he seemed a nice chap, very uh, very polite and everything. And yeah, so the relationship with with Darren Dean, we understand, is key and has helped facilitate this deal. Is he going to play? Not too sure about that. We um, Lee Johnson was asked about it in the press conference after the Leeds game today, and uh, sorry on Sunday, and he said he said that he might not be the saviour of Bristol City just at the moment. That was the exact phrase he used. Um, and they'd have to be careful looking after him because he is only 18 years old and, let's be honest, he's going to need to get used to those tackles from the likes of uh, Ben Pearson and other uh, enforcers around yeah. the championship. He's, he's, he's going to take a few classrooms, I would have thought, but very promising and exciting signing. Can't wait to see him play. OK, so they'll spend, reportedly, up to sort of £7 million on a player like that. What about splashing the cash on a striker permanently? Why only go for a loan with Enkitia? Yeah, it's um, they wouldn't obviously be able to get Enketia permanently because he's, he's yeah, such yeah, a yeah. talent. Uh, but I meant not not like I understand that he will be alone and there isn't an option to buy as what we wouldn't think there would be if he mm. came. But why not spend that sort of money on a striker permanently? Is what I meant. They might well do that still. I think there are a few links with other strikers. We're, we're seeing the names of Jordan Rhodes and 
and um, Connor Wickham being mm-hmm. linked. Connor Wickham being good one. But, but yeah, we haven't got anything to just stand those stories up just at the moment. But we wouldn't be surprised. Remember, Lee said he did want five signings in, mm. and and he has said before he would like a couple of strikers if possible. So it could be that another striker arrives as well. Don't forget they've got to keep some money back for those other positions if mm. they if they do want to reinforce. So yeah, we had a few tweets about this because I put a tweet out asking. Sally said. Uh, would love and Kitty a plus a Webster replacement uh, and a right back uh, and a second second striker. Masengo should challenge Pack for his place. Um, but surprised to see LJ mention an attacking midfielder. Do we really need another one? I mean, they've got loads of attacking midfielders. But what's interesting for me is people are talking about Marlon Pack a lot. James said we've just signed a Marlon Pack upgrade. No, um, and then there's there's other tweets here talking about Marlon Pack. That aren't exactly complimentary. People are saying that a Marlon Pack upgrade is needed. Leroy said that as well. What do you think? I don't think Pack had the greatest game on Sunday. I'm probably pretty sure, and he'll be as harsh as critic, that he would probably agree with that as well. And yes, yeah, some of his passing just wasn't on the mm. mark. It's unlike Marlon. I I always think Bristol City play at their best when Marlon is playing at his best, when mm. he's nailing those 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 passes all around him, long long reaching passes and, and setting up the play well. It just didn't quite come off for him at the weekend. Too many balls gifted away. And yeah, I, I see Masengo essentially... Pushing him for his place. Pushing him for We're his place. Smith's back as well. Yeah, well, this is one thing that's been described to us, that Masengo is a similar player to Corey Smith okay. in that he's all action. He could be box to box, but essentially he might play in front of the back four and, and yeah, replace Marlon Pack. But we'll, we'll have to see how he uh, develops. Uh, City Obsessed says, would love to see Anketia, if not a proven striker at this level. Are there any links? To other proven strikers? Mm. Not that we know. Apart from Connor Wickham and, and Rhodes, just those, those rumours. Mm. No, but all I would say is there are a lot of um, players who are probably going to move before the deadline. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday, but it could be that players become available as, as the window reaches down the last final hours, even players like Charlie Austin, Matej Vidra, mm-hmm. these kind of players proven in the championship who might go on loan and that Bristol City would would have to pay a big loan fee for, might not have to pay their full wages so can maybe justify a move like that. Dwight Gale, another one, obviously, but we have to keep an eye on him. We've not seen anything definitive, though, on those guys, so I can't report anything being close. And in terms of what happened on Sunday... Is, is it a case of holding hands up and saying Leeds were the better team? But also, is that an indicator of just how far off Bristol City are of that sort of level? I mean, Lee Johnson said to me last week that they're not quite there in terms of top two quality. Definitely not on that performance. No, I'd agree with you there. And Lee Johnson was was saying the same after the match, to be fair to him. That's when he said he, he thought they needed five new players, really. And yeah, they they weren't there, although... I do sometimes feel that a defeat kind of colours things a little bit. And when you, but it was you the watch the match, yeah. Although I would take you back to that second goal that Leeds scored. Just before it, there was a really good opportunity for Bristol City down the right-hand side where the ball was worked out to Vyman and he crossed it. And it was just behind Jeju. Ben White made a brilliant interception yeah. to get ahead of Famra Jeju, yeah. just deflect the ball away. And I thought that was very similar to Hernandez, who was the man of the match. He was something brilliant. else. He was brilliant. Skinned Callum O'Dowda, who's much too his junior. Yeah, way too easily. That was way too easily. And yeah, I mean, Callum O'Dowd, I thought, did actually have a good game apart from there. He had to do better to stop Hernandez reaching the byline, crossing it, Bamford scoring at the near post. And that was the difference between the two sides, really. 
Um, City did have a few chances. They did have a few chances, and Josh Brownhill had one saved. Yeah. But in the last 10 minutes, they sort of really came to life. Matty Taylor comes on, he injects so much life into that attack. Tom said... Uh, could just play Matty Taylor or Andreas Weiman up top. Well, Weiman scored. Would Weiman not be better through the centre? And you've got the options of wingers. You've got really good wingers. You've got O'Dowder, who perhaps didn't have his best game, but had good moments. You've got Elias, and who knows where Marley Watkins is? I don't. But you've, you've got wingers. So is it, is it a case of not playing players in their right positions? Or is Lee Johnson doing his best with what he's got at his disposal? I hear you, and yes, I think there is a little bit of that. We saw Nicholas Lyerson came on. He, you know, I love my stats. The the uh, the stats said after the game that Lyerson set up the most chances, even though he only came on for what the, the final half an hour or so. So, yeah, he probably should have started, but it's easy to say that in hindsight. Mm. I think Lee Johnson wanted a side that was going to be a defensively better, but then once you then concede the lead, it makes things difficult. Leeds were outstanding. Um, it, Interestingly, I was looking at the XG. I know there were different it's back. Um, accounts. Yeah, it's back. <laughs> it's back. And it said, I used the one on Y Scout, and it was saying that there wasn't too much actually in the chances between the two teams, but Leeds did. But Leeds looked so much sharp on the ball. Their passing was much mm. better. The amount of times that silly five yard balls went astray from Bristol City was worrying. Absolutely. Some sloppy play. They looked rusty, I, I thought. And yeah, it wasn't the Bristol City we know. Uh, a word for Taylor Moore? Yeah, I thought he did really well. I agree with the manager's assessment. He was excellent, I thought. And Keeps yeah, his place. Yeah, he does. Probably put some pressure on some other guys as well. So, What's that say about Nathan Baker's future? Well, Nathan Baker had only just come back from a head concussion. He'd been out for 14 days, not training. So that's why he, wasn't, he was okay. only on the bench. Bailey Wright, another guy, we asked him straight after the game. He said he was fully fit. However, he'd only just come back to training after being out for 16, 17 days without properly training. So he was another one, not match fit, not match sharp. So we'd expect those guys to be involved. So there's no panic, really, but... Yeah, if they can get quality players in to replace well, yeah. them, they will. Uh, a few people were saying about a right-back position. I feel it's a bit harsh on Jack Hunt. He was one of the only ones that got back to try and prevent the third Leeds goal. It was him that blocked the shot. Unfortunately for him, it cannoned off him into the park of, path of Jack Harrison, who scored. Mm. But he was one of the ones getting up and down more, I thought. Um, what do you make of people's comments about him not being good enough? Oh, it's on social media. I didn't think Jack had the best game either. I am a fan of Jack's, actually, and I think he brings a lot to the team mm. when they're attacking. But defensively, defensively I've, seen, I've, seen, yeah, I've seen too many goals coming down that right-hand side. So that is possibly why City are looking to bring in a right-back. I have to say, been sort of in the, the, since we've been recording this, I'm seeing some rumours about a Portuguese right-back possibly coming in. I haven't had a chance to look that up and do some proper digging into it, but that might be something to keep in. Ion, they, they they have been links with the Portuguese transfer market this this window. So, but why know. did Lee Johnson only say on Sunday that he wanted five signings? That's five signings in four days. Mm. Is it a case that the board already knew that and he's putting pressure on them, or is it a case he's watched this game and thought, oh, we need more? Because it, as you said, it is sort of laying down a challenge, isn't it? Saying I need more players to compete. He is, yeah, and I think he is putting a little bit of pressure on on the likes of Mark Ashton to get stuff done. It depends a little bit on the market. Obviously, they only lost Adam Webster on the Friday, so then then they needed a player then. Probably needed three before that, and I think Masengo is just maybe one that's cropped up as an opportunity. So, yeah, he, to be fair to him, he was saying two or three before that, so... So I don't see a huge amount of change. And yes, sometimes it's, wait, it's, it's better to wait until the end of the market and you can get a better deal. 
And uh, obviously, City have now got this £20 million from the Adam Webster sale. Yeah. So maybe it does make sense. I just think we, we've got to hold off judging them until the window is complete. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, I will be the first to uh, criticise them if they don't get things right in these next few days. But we'll have to see how they do. Adam Webster going uh, for £20 million, Was that the right thing that Bristol City did, cashing in? I mean, 3.5 to £20 million, obviously, Ipswich get a cut. But was it just too good to say no to? I think so, but it, again, it comes down to transfers. It depends on who they can bring in. If they've got someone lined up that they believe, and they have said this before, they believe can come in and do a better job, as good a job, maybe in the long run even be better, then yes, it's smart business. But if they don't have a plan, then no, it's not It's not good, and especially if they don't bring in a replacement. Because obviously it's, it's back to the Jonathan Codger yeah. sort of late transfer, which we asked the club about recently, and... And, yeah, you'd effectively sabotage their their possibilities of finishing in the top six this season. Because, don't forget, before Webster went, so many outlets were tipping Bristol City to finish in the top six. Loads of them were mm. tipping. And that could still happen, but it does feel like who they bring in between now and the end of the window is going to be a huge part of that. Any names? Any further names? Uh, no, obviously there are some outgoings as well. We're expecting Matty Taylor to go if if a striker comes in. It's a shame. There might be some movement with Zach Viner as well. Really? Because Taylor Why? Moore has done really well but at the Zach, weekend. Zach Viner has just had a season long loan at Rotherham, where mm. by all accounts he did well. When, or is he going to have to wait like Bobby Reid did for a few seasons? Yeah, he might do. I mean, they might want to retain him because he's a he's a homegrown player, and that's important. You need your your homegrown club developed players. At the weekend, it was Jojo Wallacott on the bench, whereas I thought it might be Zach, but unfortunately, he missed out. So, just with the form of Taylor Moore, it looks like he might be retained. He might get first team chances. He did play well at the weekend, but if they do bring in another central defender, then yeah, it's it's going to be tough for for Zach there. Um, in terms of Calamo Dowder. Doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere, so that that could be a bonus. Uh, now, remember, sign your contract. N- n- not too sure about n- that at the moment. Not hearing anything concrete there. Remember, we said that. Well, I said that I didn't think he was going to go when Fulham were interested in him, and um, it might be that he, yeah, there's there's no rush with him, and you can just see how things go. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing if they get bring in another midfielder. I wouldn't be surprised if Bristol City bring in another Premier League player on loan. Okay. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, let's hear from Lee Johnson after the game then. Uh, I was talking to Marcelo Bielsa as they came out of the tunnel and this was what it was about just after half-time. Uh, we sent like an email out to the to the clubs really to say, look, because this happens often. Somebody goes down, sometimes it's tactical. Um, because people try and gain an advantage. Sometimes it's genuine. So we just decided as a club we're going to make a rule for the 46 games that we're going to let the referee manage the game. So therefore, whether that's our player injured or the opposition player injured, there's a consistency there. Do you know what I mean? So if the referee sees a head injury, he will stop the game. Um, but if it's not a head injury, he will play on. And our players are coached to be able to, to play with 10 men, obviously, in certain uh, environment, so I think that if there's a consistency, and that was what I was trying to explain. Obviously, it's not easy with the language barrier, but when we're in the cold light of day, we was able to to sit uh, through and talk it through. What happened with the Leeds physios? Was it set to? Was they capacity <laughs> to get on the pitch? Yeah, the, if you had a if you had a uh, a tactician watching uh, the way they conduct their technical area, 
you'd see why. And uh, do you know what I mean? They, they like to 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 work that. And, and listen, fair play to them. Uh, most most clubs do the same. So Bristol City have sent an email round to all of the Championship clubs saying this season. If your player is injured and it is not a head injury, we're going to carry on playing. That's fine, but what if a player's broken their leg? Or what if it's a really serious injury? And let's say, what if it was a Bristol City player and the opposition didn't put the ball out? How would they feel? Yeah, I I actually think it's a good idea, really, clarifying it with all the clubs and, yeah, just saying, listen, this is what we're going to do. You know in advance... And that's obviously what what they kind of tried to do at the weekend, maybe with the uh, with the language barrier, and uh, it was a bit difficult. Although um, one one thing might have not helped might have been um, Lee Johnson sort of uh, didn't he have a, almost a set to with one of the physios at, at mm, one point? Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah, I, I did see him sort of go towards him, put it that, that way. I, I'd say, I, I would say he went towards him. Maybe <laughs> he was right below me, so I saw it really well. It's. Um, it's tricky, isn't it? Because players will play acts to waste time or to get the ball out or try and gain advantage. It's just part of the game. So in one way, yes, it's sensible to send an email saying that and this is what our stance is, whether you like it or not. These are the rules of the game. But when does sportsmanship come into it? Because let's say a Bristol City player has been crunched through and he's broken his leg and the ball didn't go out for four minutes. Well, they're not going to be happy about that, are they? It's not black and white. No, it's up to the referee to police it, isn't it? And basically, we need to see the referee doing a better job here. Mm. They need to they need to be inspecting injuries. They need to have an understanding of the game. And, yeah, I, I suppose the Klitsch example from Sunday... Yeah, yeah, is, he did get one. up in the end, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So I think the referees have to make a call on it, and it's, we're probably going to see, unfortunately, more stoppages. Mm, we'll have to see. But interesting, they sent an email about it. Uh, we haven't been able to see that email, but it would be interesting to try and get hold of it as yet. Uh, the club haven't shown that email publicly. OK, Birmingham City this Saturday. Then There was a number of surprise results at the weekend. Uh, that was one of them. Brentford, obviously, Neil Morpai-less when they played that game. Pep Clotet is the man in charge of Birmingham. Uh, what are Bristol City looking at this one like? It's uh, maybe a, a better opportunity than opening your campaign up against Leeds, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they've got a decent record at St Andrews. Well, won there last year, didn't they? So, and yeah, maybe it's a good time to go there because Pep Clotet hasn't been in charge for too long. However, that's a great result against Brentford. Incredible and, result. Yeah, even it's starting even to revise my predictions already. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully they can get something because you don't want to be losing the first couple of games of the season. So, oh, be could, could, yeah, it could be a, a big one before. Uh, we, we take in these QPR games coming up. Yeah, it's really tricky to say now where our predictions lie because Adam Webster isn't there. Would you think without an Adam Webster replacement, Bristol City could potentially struggle this season? Is it that drastic? No, I don't think they would struggle, but I can't absolutely can't see them finishing top six. And Steve Lansdowne was very adamant that the top six was his aim when he spoke on the radio on, on Sunday. Mm. He, he basically said they would reinvest that money from from the Adam Webster sale. But it will only make sense if they have, as I said, if they've got a plan and they now execute it. It doesn't make sense to make that sale so late in the window unless you can bring in replacements. Yeah, we've got a couple of days to find out if they can and will they. And in terms of a striker, if they weren't to get anyone in, would that be a big worry as well? Having looked how the game played out on Sunday. Um, 
I'm not so sure it is because I feel like Weiman really deserves more chances through the middle, which yes. in turn probably gives more chances to Nicholas Eliasson on the wing, which he deserves certainly. And you've also got Antoine Semenyo and possibly later in the season, Seku Jano, who I rate both of these guys really, really highly and, and I think they need to be given chances. So I actually feel a bit more positive about that one, even if, yeah, if they didn't bring anybody in. Okay, well, we've got two days left in the transfer window. We'll be back next week to uh, review what's happened. We'll have a much clearer picture, perhaps, of where Bristol City are heading this time next week, and we'll reflect on the Birmingham game as well. And look ahead to the League Cup, where they're playing QPR away, so you've got to go to London for that one. And yes, and then play QPR again the next um, league match. It's the following so, weekend, isn't it? Double header double, against the Double Hoops. QPR, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lee Johnson has already said that cup, cup competitions aren't a priority, so we shall see what happens. Thank you for listening, and if you're listening to iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.